You're listening to Healthy AF Podcast, discussing all things strength, nutrition, and performance. We help people improve performance, reduce injury, and move better. And now, here are your hosts, Dave Howington and Corey Lehman. Welcome to Healthy AF. I'm Corey alongside Dave. We've been talking about mistakes. Last two weeks, Dave, we've talked about exercise mistakes. Today, we're talking about nutrition mistakes because we're nutrition pros, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. I do think is, you know, ironically, we are forcing ourselves to eat some humble pie by talking about mistakes. But like you said last podcast, this is actually kind of fun because I think we learn a lot from our mistakes, right? So with nutrition mistakes, I'll just start off. The biggest mistake I've made is not eating in accordance to my goals. So if I want to lose weight or burn body fat, I need to eat less calories, right? And like sometimes I don't like to eat less food. And on the flip side, there's been times where like, you know, I used to be 6'1", 160, so fairly skinny and I wanted to gain weight. And yet I was using diets to try to gain weight. So like I was doing intermittent fasting to try to gain weight when in all actuality more times than not for me personally, the way my body works, intermittent fasting is going to force me to eat less calories than what I need. So I think that's, you know, kind of a big thing for me was not eating according to my goals. So now what would you say is your goal and how have you changed things? For me right now, so that's kind of a boring answer because for me right now, my goal is just kind of to maintain. So I really haven't done too much to change my diet. Besides, well, let's say like when you wanted to gain weight, what did you change? Well, the first thing I changed was... You had more donuts? Yeah, right. I wish. Uh, I mean, I just honestly started keeping track of my intake and focusing on increasing my caloric intake. Um, so uh, I kind of always guess and check. Um most people will recommend maybe 250 plus or 500 calories above what you should be eating. So I would just go until I found myself gaining about a pound a week and I kind of sat there as best as long as I could. But I think the huge lesson I learned was the importance of tracking and how, so a lot of times we kind of self-serve ourselves. Like a lot of times we think we're eating more calories than we actually are because we're not tracking weight or we think we're eating less calories than we actually are because we're not tracking what we're actually eating. I, I love the idea of tracking and I tell people all the time like it's super helpful but there's two issues I have with it. Number one, it's just hard to get in the habit and number two, I don't always want to know. So what would you say to that? Like you know what I mean? Like you're, you're I, I eat pretty healthy but when you really write it down and you see all the macronutrients laid out, are you ever like, oh man, this is not good. Well, that's the important, that's the, that's the benefit of tracking. So it's like, you might not want to know, but you're probably not going to get the results you want until you actually do know. Yeah, but is ignorance bliss? (laughs) Well, it depends. Are you okay with where you're at physically, right? If you're okay with your body composition, then who needs to know? But if you want to change something about your body composition, then a hundred percent know like you can't be ignorant to your intake and what you're not just what you're eating, but what you're drinking. Yeah, and I found myself saying like ignorance is bliss until the pain of not getting results is great enough. Yeah, I you think know what that's I mean. True. It's like yeah, it's fine not knowing or just being out in no man's land and not really having a plan or tracking any data or looking at any numbers until you're like, oh, I'm. 24 pounds heavier than I want to be. Yeah, you know? absolutely. 
I think the tricky thing too is like I would say as well as like you don't necessarily have to track all the time if you're someone that you might get I guess a little and too much in your head by tracking it might just be valuable to maybe spend a week tracking seeing where you're at and then understanding okay maybe I need to change this part of my diet yeah absolutely how about this like we talked a little bit about this with um, exercises but what about food like this idea that there are good and bad foods like I would say that's probably a big mistake I've made like again assigning morality to food is probably not a helpful thing yeah you well, know of course there's some foods that are going to be better for certain goals and I don't think anybody is sitting out there thinking like oh you know uh, Tootsie Pop suckers are really good for you yeah you know? I think that's where too we run into a risk because we forget that our digestive system is so much tied to our brain and our psychology. Hmm. And so I think sometimes we almost don't even think about it. We sacrifice mental health for the goal of physical health. And so demonizing foods is one of those things that we do where we might almost risk, and I'm not, I'm no mental health counselor or anything like that, but like demonizing foods does allow you to run that risk of sacrificing your mental health to some extent. Do you think it's the flip, though, too? Like, because I literally never thought about that. I think that's a great point in terms of sacrificing mental for physical and the tie between the two. Like, do you ever think it's the reverse? Like, I feel really stressed. I want to relieve that stress. So physically, I eat a bunch of junk. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So it's like, so your psychology and your body, like your brain and your body are so intertwined that I don't think you can perfectly separate the two. So yeah, like I definitely find myself, you know, I have the munchies and my wife has asked me like, are you eating because you're stressed or are you eating because you're actually hungry? And <laughs> what do you say? More times than not, I try to say I'm hungry, but in all reality, <laughs> I'm actually stressed. Uh, yeah. So I think there is that flip side. And so I think it's really important to think about what is your relationship with food. And I, I like the term relationship because it's like, how do you approach food? Um, how do you psychologically approach your food? And I think too, if you can draw some awareness to that stress, maybe you could think of something else you can do instead of eating. And it's not necessarily saying like munching, like stress eating is 100% a bad thing. It's just sometimes, you know, we go to that escape and we go too far down that rabbit trail. Yeah. I think uh, I'm definitely, definitely guilty of that a lot of times or just being completely mindless. That's probably a mistake I still make. I mean, oh, yeah. it's hard sometimes. You're just kind of like, I don't really want to think about it. I want to turn the TV on and just well, sort of eat. And it's also such a social occasion too, right? Like when oh, yeah. like I'm on vacation with friends, I'm probably going to way overeat that or if like i'm like hanging out and stuff i'm going to probably way overeat and i think the other thing though that the mistake i've made is then i punish myself for hmm. overeating hmm. and i also build that relationship of like well i overate so then the next day i'm going to just like work my butt off in the gym <laughs> or um or i'm going to just not eat any food the next day yeah and i mean that's just a whole nother thing and it's like if you think about it let's say you eat two thousand calories a day and there's 365 days in the year. That's a lot of calories. I can't even do that math in my head right now, but that's a but lot you, of calories. I mean, you speak to a really important mistake of um, basically thinking 
you can patch and fix poor diet with exercise. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's not to say you can't. I mean, from a metabolic weight loss or uh, muscle gain standpoint, you, you, you certainly can, right? Like you think about the exercise junkie who does tons and tons of stuff um, in order to keep their physique. But I would say for the large majority of people, you know, based on anecdotal evidence, that it's really hard to out-train a bad or a poor diet. Yeah, I agree. Um, I even joke around a lot. Like, I'm like, I like to work out not because it's good for me, but because I like to eat a lot of food. But, again, like, at the same time, you still have to think about your diet choices, your relationship with food. I used to say 90% clean, 10% quote-unquote dirty, like, not clean, like, eating right. junk food and stuff like that. I've kind of changed that tune, though, because I think sometimes that can even be an unrealistic measure. And so it's like, you know, as long as you're 80, 75, 80% of the time eating fairly healthy, you know, eating your veggies, eating good protein, Mm -hmm. you're you're going to be fine. And I think that's the other mistake I've made is I've tried to complicate things and I don't keep it simple. Yeah. Um, And so it's like, yeah, you know. I mean, it doesn't have to be as simple as I'm making it, but if you eat your veggies, you get good quality protein, you eat a good healthy amount of fruit, and just vary it up as far as the color goes, odds are the rest of everything else will kind of fall into place. Yeah, a lot of it will will shake out. Of course, there's, you know, certain things, or everybody has individual needs, and you got to make sure you're getting healthy fats and, you know, certain supplements and whatnot, but... um, like you said, it doesn't have to be super complicated. No, yeah. And I think, too, like the other mistake I've made is the body is very remarkable at like self-regulating. So like, and what I mean is like eventually your body is going to adapt. And more times than not, your body, and I know this is anecdotal, this is not like, this is kind of intuitive on my end, but I feel like the body has a tendency to kind of put itself at the weight that it wants to be at that it's most yeah. comfortable at yeah like and a set point so it's like if you're diet if you're dieting and you plateau i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing that just might mean either one your body's at that set point or you need to just you know make some tweaks to your diet here and there right and what do you like the other thing in terms of like body is what about just listening to your body i think oh, yeah. that's one thing i ignored for a long time it's like and there's more coming out about like gut health and tuning into your body. So I feel like it's easier now. But like as I look back, I used to never think like, oh, I ate this food. Now I feel bloated. And I I know it's it seems simple, almost stupid now to me. Like how do I not – how did I not make that connection that, oh, my body wasn't agreeing with this food for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I have a gut imbalance. Maybe I'm sensitive to that food. Maybe – that food's just not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, when we come back to simplifying things, like, how do you feel? Like, do you feel like you have energy? Do you oh, yeah. feel recovered? I think all those things can be an amazing indicator to really help guide us. Oh, yeah. And I think that comes back again to even, like, psychology and having that self-awareness of how are you feeling and being okay with actually exploring your feelings a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I agree. And even, too, just the idea of, like, I'm hungry, maybe I should eat. I'm not hungry anymore, maybe I should stop eating. Yeah. And it's not easy, and 
even too, when we talk about hedonism, I think we oftentimes trick ourselves in thinking, you know, I have a bite of cookie or I have an Oreo and maybe I trick myself in thinking, well, the second Oreo is going to be better than the first. <laughs> when in all actuality, it's the exact same Oreo. Right. Maybe, and I know I need to wash myself on this a lot, but maybe I just needed to have just one Oreo. That's it. That's hard. It's really hard. I usually draw the limit at about six. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, it's not but, easy. But hey, I'm honest. Yeah. Now, you know, uh, tying back into like this, this good and bad you know, morality that we assign to food. I wanted to give just a concrete example um, because, like, for me, I struggle um, with certain strains of, like, complex carbohydrate. So, like, what would universally be considered a good food would be something like a sweet potato, right? You're probably not going to find many people who are like, oh, yeah, sweet potatoes are bad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do well with sweet potatoes, you know, and this is kind of where the good bad breaks down. I'm like... It depends. Like, good for who? Whereas, like, I could eat a piece of white bread and I feel perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with it. I'm sure it's, you know, creating some type of inflammation in my body. But, you know, this is where it's probably not as black and white. Like, these categories maybe haven't served us. I get the intention, right? It's sort of even like the 80-20 rule. Like, you need the boundaries in order to help understand and differentiate. We can't just say, well, everything's sort of, you know, good. It's all perspective. You need the boundaries, but at the same time, I don't think we can be so rigid on them that we classify things, um, you know, so specifically for certain individuals when everybody's really different. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, I was talking to someone the other day and they were talking about blood glucose monitor, how their blood glucose spikes after like a, their blood glucose might spike after a sweet potato meal, whereas it doesn't spike at all after eating a pizza hmm. and everything. And so you got so everybody's completely unique. Um, and while there are things that we can all benefit from, like I think everyone can benefit from veggies, I think everyone can benefit from drinking lots of water our bodies are still going to be unique to ourselves. And that's where, like, even for us, like, you know, we joke around, like, we we know enough about nutrition, I think, to be dangerous. <laughs> and, the, like, that could be dangerous in a good way or bad way. <laughs> but, but I definitely, that's where I recommend making sure you see, like, a like a nutritionist or talk to, like, someone that, that studies that for a living who can really start to help you fine-tune maybe what you're doing or figure out help you figure out your own body yeah absolutely and if you need help reach out we're happy to connect you with some of the best anyways hope you guys are enjoying this if you like it shoot us a comment uh leave us a review we always appreciate those things and until next time stay healthy af thanks so much for listening to this episode of the healthy af podcast where we help athletes and adults move, perform, and live better. If you're not subscribed already, be sure to go ahead and click that button right now. And if you found value in this episode, we'd love if you would do us a quick favor and rate and review the podcast. We'll see you on the next show.